0: what's going on man welcome back to the basement i'm ron and today we save the best for last We've been doing these draft strategy videos every single week. We went over the Double Hero RB draft strategy, the Zero RB draft strategy, and today we're going to go over the Hero RB draft strategy. This is, in my opinion, the best draft strategy there is. You can use it in every single league. It's the most balanced. This is also the draft strategy I used for my best team last year. We took down first place and it went absolutely insane when we went Eckler up top, Josh Jacobs later. So today we're going to talk through... How to use Hero RB in 2023, why it works, its results from 2022, and then take down three mock drafts from three different positions to show you guys how I would be using them in your home league. So with all that being said, if you enjoy, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Now when we talk about the Hero RB draft strategy, it's pretty simple. Here are the guidelines. You take one RB early, and then you draft the rest of your RBs later in the draft. So to be specific, I would say the definition is you take your RB one in the first three rounds, you wait on RB two until round seven or later, and your goal should be to have wide receivers to fill through your flex spot. So if it's two wide receivers, one flex, that's three plus one or two by round 10. Two wide receiver, two flex spot, that's four plus one or two by round 10, all the way through. And the beauty of this This draft strategy works in all formats. If you have an 8-team league, a 10-team league, 12-team, 14-team, half PPR, full PPR, I will say standard leagues, double Hero RB is probably better, but Hero RB will still work in your standard league. Again, I'm going to get a billion questions. Ron, does this work for this league? I promise Hero RB is the most universal draft strategy. It's extremely balanced. It's been proven year after year to be good. And when we say it's been proven year after year to be good, if we historically look at the advance rates, when you take one running back early and then you wait on your RB two until after round six, we have really positive advance rates. Now these are from underdog the last two years. This is 2021 and 22 data, and it's pretty rare to have a data or to have a strategy that has good advance rates over a big sample. And when we see when we take our RB one before round four, so that's rounds one through three, and we wait on RB two until after round six we get a 19.4% playoff rate. Now your playoff rate on underdog is two divided by 12 or 16.7%. So it's outperforming your expected output by like 2.5 to 3% over a two year sample, which is really good. And historically speaking, if we zoom out even further than that, I went to uh, FFPC where you can see with FFPC, that's one divided by 12. So 8.3% is your base rate. And this since 2017 has a 9.2% win rate over on the FFPC. So we can see, Since 2017, pretty much, Hero RB has been a good draft strategy. Now, I will say, these are best ball win rates. We're going to dive into more micro stuff towards home leagues, all of that. But I do like best ball win rates, and I always give this disclaimer. Best ball win rates, to me, are relevant. Now, are they apples-to-apples comparisons, home league to best ball? No, but you can take those broad principles and then apply them to your home leagues to dominate your friends where these are thousands upon thousands of drafts right this is a 5,738 team sample with real money on the line 18 plus years old whereas a lot of these ADPs and data that you pull from ESPNs and Yahoo's a lot of it are just junk leagues like I don't know about you guys but when I was in middle school me and the me and the fellows were running up like eight man half PPR leagues for free that we just stopped setting lineups for in like week eight because everyone gave up there's a lot of junk and noise In that data so I think that it's worth looking at best ball stuff and then trying to bring those ideas and those lessons and those principles to our home leagues now the question is why is the strategy so good and why has it been working for so long and the reason that I've come up with is that it's super balanced and it's backed up by a ton of data when we talk about optimal drafting like it pretty much embodies the whole idea of what I think is one of still to this day one of the best articles around in the legendary running back article by Pat Corrine. He came out with it, I believe, in 2021. Uh, He has a website, YouTube channel now, called Legendary Upside. It's all really, really good. And he talked about this idea that I still think, again, it's during my, I guess you could call tenure as a guy talking about fantasy football, I think it's the best article to come out over the last, like, three, four, five years. It's really, really solid. Where he talks about pretty much running backs are busting at a really high rate in those first three rounds. You can see here... Those blue bars, running backs, red bars, wide receivers, sub 5% win rate, where uh, your win rate is expected to be 8.3%. So these guys are sinking your teams. Running back, over 40% bust rate in, in round one, wide receivers much lower. Round two, things kind of even out. And then round three, running backs busting at a much higher rate than wide receivers. And his whole idea is, is that running backs. Early across the board have really high bust rates, which means you can't really draft for floor there. If you're going to draft a running back early, it needs to be for upside. Now, running backs are busting early because of injuries, short primes. And we talk about a strategy like double hero RB. Double hero RB is strong, but it's very boom bust, right? That's a lot of risk to be taking on, right? Those bust rates really high risk to be taking on where you're taking two swings in that area. So, the reason why hero RB Works so well is because you're minimizing your risk and you're maximizing your upside. You're still going into that spot, taking on all the risk, and you're swinging for those, you know, CMC, Gurley, David Johnson types. Because when we look at, you know, since 2010, these early rounds, these massive running back seasons, right? McCaffrey, Gurley, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, they have massive legs up over the wide receivers. We're just at 20-plus points per game. Things are about even. But once you get to that legendary spot that Pat Crane was talking about, which in my eyes is 22.5-plus points per game in full PPR, 17 running backs since 2010, more than double the amount of wide receivers that have hit that mark. And that's what you're aiming for, right? You're taking on the risk because the upside is an asset that wide receivers can't match. And now, you guys are going to ask, why are we taking those swings early? And that's because of these monstrous seasons, right, where we're looking for... plus points per game they're all coming early you're not finding these guys in rounds four five six seven eight you are finding them all in the first three rounds right you can see here i mean most of them are in the first round but there's some that happened in round two some that happened in round one and i also want to make it clear that a round two running back right so it's like man maybe we should only be taking running backs in round one well that's just based off of adp right like a running back might fall in your home league every home league is different so i'd like to keep it broad at round three because a round two running back in certain ADP, it might be around three running back in your home league, so I'm keeping it to, to those first three rounds, and that's where you're finding those monster seasons. So you take one swing on pretty much this RB, this year's RB one overall. This year's McCaffrey. I cannot stress enough RBs in this range. They do not have floors. We just talked about how high the bust rate is. Here, RB, you are not taking a guy who you think is like a volume dependent, steady Eddie RB one. You are taking a big hack daddy swing out of the park home run because then your team is a juggernaut. If you can hit on the RB1 overall and then stop at the position and make sure everything else is super, super strong, you have a really, really good team. So that covers why we're taking our RB1 early. Now, I do want to cover why we're punting RB2 until round 7, where, you know, why not do double hero RB? And the first thing is, is because RBs have really high bust rates, right? So we want to just take one early, one late. Now, the question is, why not one in the middle, right? Like, why not one rounds four through six? And this is because of two reasons. One being that RB2 is a replaceable position, and the other being that running back in rounds one through three is taking on a lot of unnecessary risk, and then drafting running backs in rounds four through seven is suboptimal. We've seen that from the RB dead zone. Now, we're going to cover both of these, but I think this is a really good uh, excerpt From a friend of the channel, Jacob Sanderson, we have him on pretty much every week. I think that he's one of the brightest guys in the industry. Uh, This is from his thinking about thinking a fantasy football newsletter he has on Substack uh, that he drops like pretty much whenever he feels like it, uh, like a few times a week. And this was an article talking about running backs. Uh, He has an article he does every year called Hitchhiker's Guide, where it's pretty much streaming the RB two position. He outlines pretty much. There is no shortage of options to backfill replacement-level production at the RB2 position each year via the late-round picks and the waiver wire. Latavius Murray provided a 12-game stretch of 11.7 points per game after signing with Denver and increased his output to 12.2 points per game after Melvin Gordon was released. Deonta Foreman produced 11.6 points per game over an 11-game stretch after Christian McCaffrey was traded away. Jeff Wilson provided two stints of 11.2 points per game, five games, and 10.5 points per game and eight games, including one departed with an injury with two different teams Jared McKinnon then produced 18.6 points per game over the final seven games of 2023 after Clyde Edwards-Alairself suffered an injury. Samaj so P. Ryan had two games of 20.4 points per game. Eno Benjamin gave you 13.8 points per game and three spots starts for James Conner. Several other one-off streamers combined with late-round options such as Jamal Williams, James Robinson, and Raheem Moster combined to cobble together our stream score, which matched the expected production of the lead backs we discussed today. So pretty much what he was saying, that his article – Talks about how you can stream the RB two position, and he's absolutely right. RB two is really easy to make up ground on. Everybody else is in your leagues; You're, they're Alexander, Madisons, they're Miles Sanders, they Cam Akers. By weeks five, six, seven, and you've turned and burned your bench and late round targets, you can then match that production. You know, pretty much equalizing and like making their fifth round pick obsolete, which is absolutely massive. Now, we pair this thought with the fact that running backs have been awful picks. In that round four through six area. This is the dead zone you can see. This is using underdog advance rates over the last two years. RB's in rounds four through six have not been good picks. The red picks means that it's uh below expectation in terms of your advance rate. Green means above, right? And we can see pretty clearly rounds four through six, the running backs have been bad here. While rounds seven through ten have just been an absolute smash. You know, round seven through ten last year was Tony Pollard, Miles Sanders, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Pierce. Kenneth Walker, just studs across the board. Now, you'll also notice, but Ron, rounds one through three is also red, and that's the, sort of the catch-22 of drafting a running back early, that running back as a whole has been a bad pick over the last two years, but we just saw those legendary running backs. So you instead of you know hanging out in this Red Sea in those first six rounds, you take one swing and you get the hell out of there, right? It's a lot of risk to take onto your team when we know all of these picks have been bad. Now, when we look at that round four through six area, the dead zone in particular, wide receivers have been the pick here. This is since 2017, looking at win rate data, uh, sub 5%. So this is 8.3% is your base win rate. Since 2017, sub 5% is your bust rate. 10% or better is just a good pick. And then 15% or better is almost doubling your odds of winning a league. We call those league winners. And across the board, running backs in those rounds are busting at a higher rate, right? 12.3% to 8.7% bust rate. On the middle, wide receivers are also almost double the amount of just good picks, 10% plus, and then also almost double the league winner rate. Wide receivers here crush. Last year, you had Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddle, Amari Cooper. The year before that, absolutely crushed where you had uh, Debo, Cooper Cup, and Jamar Chase. These are the rounds you want to be filling your flex and stacking your advantage everywhere. Your goal when you do hero RB is to be strong at every single position besides RB2. And you do that by making sure you draft enough wide receivers through the flex because you want to be stacked. I'm not just quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, but you have to be stacked at the flex spot. And that's what we talked about earlier with those Hero RB guidelines where I want to draft enough wide receivers through the flex spot plus another one or two through 10 rounds. And the point of that is, again, to pretty much account for injuries, bye weeks, you always want to have a stacked flex position. You want to make sure you're drafting enough wide receivers in the spots where they are valuable because then you get to a certain spot where you're drafting like Jacoby Myers and Juju smith schuster and these aren't guys you want to put in your flex you want those monsters that you draft in the middle rounds like this year's Debo and Cooper Cup so you can go like three to four deep absolutely monstrous wide receivers and we even have historical data to back this up where if we look back this win the flex tool on Rotoviz shows that like after the first three rounds wide receivers pretty much across the board through those top 100 picks are outscoring wide receiver or outscoring running backs in full PPR. Now, in half PPR, things get closer, but in half PPR, the running backs also move up in ADP. So still in this dead zone, you still sort of want to be drafting wide receivers, starting them in your flex spot, even in half PPR. And that pretty much concludes the hero RB draft strategy, just in terms of what we are doing, why we're doing it, we are drafting. Just just to recap the entire thing, let's actually pull up the guidelines real quick. But we are making sure that we are drafting – our RB1 in the first three rounds, right? We want to take that shot at RB1 overall early on. And then you're skipping out in rounds four through six in that dead zone in favor of wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, flex spot. And then we're switching back to RB2 from round seven on, hammering a bunch of those profiles again, like this year's Pollard, Ramondre, et cetera. And the whole idea of this draft strategy is that you get access to the RB1 overall ceiling while taking on the least amount of risk as possible early, building a balanced team, having strong positions everywhere, Besides your RB2, and we know RB2 is one of the most replaceable positions out there because you can get replacements off of waivers, you can draft handcuffs, you can get late round studs, you can find all of that there. Now, on top of that, the goal is to have wide receivers through your flex spot plus another one or two by round 10. And then again, the strategy works in every single format pretty much every single format. Standard, it's going to be a little bit less. You might want to go double through RB in that area, but half PPR, full PPR, 14 teams, eight teams, 10 teams, whatever you want to call it hero rb is usually applicable now a lot of you guys are going to say but ron you can't really stream rb2s right this assumes that you you know you're you're there on the waivers first and you're getting these running backs and it's like no like you just have to draft the players that are good right where you if you draft enough of those profiles you're going to hit where i actually want to show you guys this team this is my best team last year so i think it's important to kind of see uh, a team that worked before we talk about some mock drafts So this is a 2022 team that i had uh And we pretty much executed this perfectly. You can see here, we crushed this league. We won first place. We had 2,195 points. The next closest was like 1,900. Nobody else cracked 2,000. We had 2,195. Like, we murdered this team. This team was like top 30 among thousands of teams in this tournament. And we executed this thing perfectly outside of the Trey Lance pick. The Trey Lance pick, I wish I could have back. But you can see here, we went Eckler waited all the way until, like, round eight and went Jacobs. We went Eckler, Kelsey, T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Kadarius Tony. Jacobs is our RB2, who absolutely crushed. And then even then, we didn't even need Jacobs. We still had Eno Benjamin, who we just mentioned gave us, like, three usable weeks. Jarek McKinnon, who was a playoff winner down the stretch. You had Jeff Wilson as well, who gave you playable weeks. Those are three running backs that we drafted outside the top ten rounds that we could have streamed in different spots last year across like when it was okay to start those guys so rb2 was already taken care of be- like after the J- josh jacobs pick like you can if you fire enough shots and you hammer enough of these guys and you turn enough spots on waivers you're going to get rb2s that can slot right into your lineup because now this team we screwed up at qb but we did get geno smith off waivers but wide receivers solid elite tight end we drafted the rb1 overall we took that huge swing we hit on the rb1 overall we hit on our rb2 spot this is pretty much teach tape when it comes to hero rb now of course i had hero rb teams that didn't work out not all of them are going to look like this but let's sort of flip things over to 2023 and talk through how we are implementing it in 2023 we're going to go over three mock drafts but before that i was actually drafting off of these pretty much using my rankings every draft room regardless of what strategy i'm using or whatever i'm going off my rankings i cannot stress enough Do not go into any of your drafts saying, okay, I'm going to use this draft strategy. We're going to have a draft strategy video next week where I talk through, pretty much I go into a draft room with my rankings. I draft pretty much the best player on the board for the first three or so rounds. And then I start sort of sculpting it into one of these draft strategies and sort of, you know, filling it from the front and then improvising and audibling as we go and kind of, you know, making sure I draft enough wide receivers to the flex and kind of meshing things the correct way based on these draft strategies. So it's not, okay, I'm going to go into this draft. I'm going to do hero RB. No, no, no. I'm going to go into this draft with my rankings, draft the best players I can, and then structurally start drafting things based off of these strategies. So if you want to go out there and dominate your drafts, I bring this cheat sheet into every single one of my drafts with me. I would have these rankings regardless. It's my top 200 checklist. There's little dots you can sort of check off to make sure that you're drafting players and crossing things off as you go. It is perfect. I have my ideal draft rounds. All of that good stuff. It's on patreon.com slash Stewart. Now, this first mock draft we're going to get into here. Is from the 104 and i wanted to give you guys some different looks i've gotten some comments ron can we do like a two wide receiver one flex league and see how that goes so i said sure you know what we're gonna get more and more sicko as we go with these three mock drafts we're going to do early middle late casual less casual pretty advanced now this is pretty much as casual as it comes half ppr two wide receivers one flex so that gives us two wide receivers plus one flex spot is three plus another one or two by round 10 that's four to five wide receivers through round 10 should be your goal in this league now I think where hero RB is going to be a really nice play in these leagues is going to be in these RB hungry leagues right where now Bijan went first overall in this mock draft just switch him and Eckler in this mock draft is fine but I think there's going to be a lot of leagues where Eckler Jefferson McCaffrey are the top three picks in a half PPR especially in this format And you can go out there and get Jamar Chase, who I think has a legit case to be the wide receiver one overall in fantasy, at like picks three through five, and then come back around and build from there. So we take Chase early. And where I think Hero RB really works in 2023 is you come back around and you take one of whoever is available, Chubb, Pollard, Saquon, Derrick Henry, JT, Josh Jacobs. Those are probably my six running backs that I'd be targeting in the second round, JT and Jacobs in particular are going to be guys who fall back to the late second because of their like ambiguous contract holdout stuff. But likely, same thing we saw with Saquon Barkley, they're probably just going to come back. They have no leverage. So we take JT, a little bit of a slide here, especially in half PPR, JT's an absolute monster. We come back around and we had Devonta Smith and T Higgins, to me, at the top of a tier. Now, I want to make something clear because this is a question I've also gotten a lot uh, on the stacking video. In a home league, I really just care about Teammate to quarterback, and would just prefer one premium pass catcher. Now, what I mean by that is I don't want, I, I stacking is a good thing, but you should not be seeking out Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Joe Burrow, and a managed lead because that's taking up a huge percentage of your lineup, especially here where there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You're starting seven. If three of those players are Bengals, that's a really cr- like, even as much as we love this Bengals offense, it's a huge percentage of your lineup. And most of the time, T Higgins and Jamar Chase's spike weeks aren't going to be lining up. So I think the play is is that you really only want one premium pass catcher, right? So Chase to Joe Burrow, and then you can still grab if you want later, Irv Smith, Tyler Boyd, Travion Williams. Like That's a good idea, but two top five round picks uh, in the same wide receiver room, I would shy away from it uh, in a managed league. In best ball, underdog, you can do that for sure, but in a managed league, I would shy away from it. So because we had two guys in the same tier, we actually shied away. From the wide receiver wide receiver stack here and we want devonta smith to just kind of diversify our offenses here so we go chase jt devonta smith fourth round it's pretty close between uh, amari cooper and joe burrow for me but we actually push uh joe burrow around the turn amari cooper is a mid third on half ppr and underdog so in the fourth round on here Give me Amari Cooper all day. Now, you'll sort of figure out that the more you draft on underdog, the more that you'll kind of have realizations like this where you're going to be in your home league, you're going to look up, and it's going to be like the fifth round, and you're going to have a guy like Jerry Judy who goes in the third round or Keenan Allen who goes in the third round or Chris Olave who goes in the second round on underdog. You might be in like the late third, and Olave might be there. But just drafting on underdog and getting a feel for things, you can get to your home league and just have a really good understanding of where players should be going uh, in most leagues. Now, of course, it's not one for one, but... A player going in the second round on underdog and you're sitting there in the fifth in your home league it's a pretty no-brainer pick to just take the guy who has the highest adp on underdog and just get a massive value there so if you want to go out there practice for your home league you can draft from every single position i believe the puppy is still out which is five dollars to enter it's the perfect beginner tournament out there make sure you use promo code ron they'll match your deposit up to a hundred dollars on underdog fantasy i have a link in the description in the comment section down below you click it it'll take you it to underdog fantasy it'll use the promo code it'll match your deposit up to a hundred dollars you can get drafting and get a feel for the draft rooms this year and just kind of practice for your home league now i will say in a half ppr where you only need two wide receivers one flex and then one or two more wide receivers through round 10 you're going to want to try your best to get elite quarterbacks elite tight ends since you're going to have five to six non-wide receivers through round 10 right like, you don't want to find yourself in a spot i can't trust this enough where you're drafting too many wide receivers in a format like this You want to kind of, um, instead of taking those running backs in the dead zone, you kind of want to be targeting quarterbacks and tight ends and being a little bit more aggressive in getting those elite onesie spots, especially because they're taking up a huge chunk of your lineup in a league like this, right, where it's a start seven league. That's what, two divided by seven. I can't do the top of my head, but it's a good chunk of your lineup instead of like a two wide receiver, two flex league uh, with like kickers and defense. So you want to make sure you're on top of that. And what I end up doing here is we go Burrow to stack to chase in the fifth round they come back around we take Kyle Pitts as that last like Kittle Darren Waller tier of wide receivers or tight ends boom now we're good to go now in a setup like this where again shallow lineup can only start three wide receivers at a time now we go Javante in the seventh round now people were asking me like why would double hero RB or, or why would zero RB not work as well in a format like this or just what's the idea, Sands, like sort of running back versus wide receiver? And it's really just a ratio thing, right? Where if it's a two running back, two flex league, you can start four wide receivers at a time to two running backs. This league, you can start three wide receivers at a time to two running backs. So that goes from a, you know, a two-to-four ratio to a two-to-three ratio, where now running backs get a little bit more leverage there, and you don't want to just have the most stacked and beautiful-looking wide receiver room that you can. So in the seventh round, we take a swing on running back here. In a setup like this, I would be more inclined to take a running back in round seven try for a Javante Williams if James Cook made it there I think he's a decent option I think DeAndre Swift in the seventh round is a decent option as well but then we come back around in the eighth we get JSN he's a fun wide receiver to have off the bench with tons of upside as a rookie then we get A chain another upside swing we get Jamal Williams who's a nice uh ninth round pick here who is going to pretty much be our early season fill-in while Javante Williams works back from that ACL you kind of want to make sure these archetypes complement each other right where Jamal Williams Kamara's gone for three games. You're gonna have Jamal Williams at RB two for three games minimum, and that's gonna be solid. That gives Javante Williams time to work back from the ACL. That also gives time for Devin Hinn to carve out a role by Week four. Uh, we go Zay Flowers, another rookie wide receiver. Again, we don't need a wide receiver to come off the bench right away. We have three really solid ones through four rounds. So I take two upside swings on rookies, and then we go Jerome Ford, Ty Chandler at the end there. Just two handcuff running backs that you can draft and just turn and burn on waivers as you go but this is a fun balanced team i think this is feasible uh in a lot of your more casual home leagues where i think this is pretty solid right burrow jt Jam- uh, javante williams jamar chase De- devonta smith kyle pitts amari cooper jsn off the bench jamal williams is an rb2 devon achane zay flowers jerome ford ty chandler it's solid everywhere elite quarterback elite side ends stacked at wide receiver again the only downside of this team rb2 and that's what you want you want to look at the team and be like okay the only weakness here is the rb2 now moving on from that we're gonna get a Little more advanced now. This is actually the format of my home league, which we're actually drafting this Saturday. So, uh, down the short on Airbnb that we're going to record, so that's gonna be really cool. Uh, but it was also cool to get some practice for this league. Now, this is going to be a one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receiver, a tight end, two flex, and half PPR. Now, even in half PPR, two flex running backs are going to get pushed up in ADP. Like, even in this mock, running backs got pushed up where J.K. Dowens was a fourth-round pick, James Conner was a fourth-round pick. If you're in a league like that, wide receivers are still the guys you want to be putting in your flex because they're going to fall way too far. And at the A spot, if those exact seven players go ahead of me, I'm going B. John Robinson. Now, when we talk here, we still want wide receivers through the flex and happy PR, but this format where you're going to get especially half PPR, two flex spots. People are going to want to put running backs in those flex spots. You're going to get a lot of value falling to you from rounds two through eight. And that's what we see here. We get a falling Amon one St. Brown. We get the Andrews, Lamar, Jackson stack. And then I'll say, man, like this, I debated keeping this mock draft out of the video because I think that we got too much value here. We got Debo in the fifth and Judy in the sixth, who Debo's a third on underdog. Uh, Judy's a fourth on underdog. So that's just not... Correct. Now you can switch those guys out with DJ Moore and Terry McLaurin, and I would still like this team. So up to you. I don't care if you want to if you want to mentally say, okay, that's DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, that Ron just drafted. Go ahead, because I would still be fine uh, with those wide receivers. Now when we talk about round seven here, with two wide receivers, two flex. Again, we can start four wide receivers versus two running backs. I'm much more willing to push that RB two. Where last time I felt a lot of pressure to take that Javante in round seven. In this format. I'm down to just hammer the hell out of wide receivers. So we go George Pickens here. We get an upside year two breakout uh, candidate. He's going to go in our last flex spot. And then we snag JSN in the eighth round, who I imagine he'll be available in the eighth round in a lot of home leagues out there, especially half EPR home leagues, but I'm not quite sure. If he's here in fantasy pros, I think he will be in a lot of home leagues. Uh, So we take him as a nice upside shot off the bench, And now we have wide receivers through the flex, plus one, and now it's time to hammer running backs. I will say in half PPR formats, I'd probably lean a little bit more towards uh, wide receivers through the flex, plus one, instead of wide receivers plus plus the flex, plus two, if that makes sense, or wide receivers through the flex, plus two. I think having just plus one through 10 rounds is probably fine in most instances, unless if we went running back, tight end, quarterback, and then hammered wide receiver from rounds like four through 10. Now... It's time to hammer running backs. Rounds nine on. We go Rashad Penny, who we can kind of start right away as like a between-the-tackles grinder for the Eagles. We have Charbonnet, who's going to be a nice late-season hammer uh, for that Seahawks offense. Hopefully, he can carve out a role. You have the same thing with Tank Bigsby, where he's an upside late-season hammer. We went Fournette, and then we went Ty Chandler at the bottom. You can't see Ty Chandler, but he's been a guy that I've been taking a lot of in the late like the last round. I think that he's not going to get drafted in your home league. Ty Chandler right now, to me, is probably the best last-round pick uh, in your home league. Now, we also took... One more wide receiver swing in Sky Skymore, just an upside th- dart throw next to JSN to have some more options off the bench to fill our flex. Now, this is another fun team. Again, you look at the team, the only weakness is RB2, and that's how it should be. Now, admittedly, Rashad Penny is really weak, but we're going to be taking shots on waivers. We're going to be making sure that we adjust things correctly on our bench, have good waiver wire management, and we're, we'll figure out RB2 as we go. The rest of the team is so stacked that... I wouldn't be all that concerned. We have Lamar, Andrews, two elite onesies. We have Bijan, Rashad Penny, uh, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, Jerry, Judy, Pickens, JSM with Sky Moore off the bench. Charbonnet and Penny are, to me, nice upside shots, especially with Tank Bigsby as well. It's just going to take some time. And to be honest with you, RB2s that you even draft in the dead zone bust so often that you don't need to have – like if you take like a five-point RB2 week in week one, you can still win that matchup. Like Your, your matchup is going to be predicated on having a strong RB2 – early on in the season you can weather the storm and build a strong enough team to maintain until you find that rb2 either deep on your bench or off waivers now the last one we're going to talk through is a hardcore setup uh these are like my high stakes ones where it's full ppr one quarterback two running backs three wide receivers a tight end a flex spot so this is where you really want to be hammering the wide receivers and here we get a little bit weird i wanted to show you guys i think it's really important for me to show you guys uh how I can bend the rules sometimes. Because you don't just want to come in and just be really stagnant in terms of, okay, this is what Ron said is hero RB let's follow this to a T. You should be very loose in your draft rooms. Draft as the board kind of dictates for you. And then, like I said, like, you kind of want to draft best player available for those first three rounds and then kind of mold the draft to your liking. We kind of did that here. We're Diggs Adams and a full PPR at the 1-2 turn. No brainer. Now, the 312 comes around, and I've seen Gibbs go at the 2 3 turn, even in these mocks, go 2 3 turn. So, I wanted to show you guys what it looks like doing a Hero RB where you take your first running back at the 312. So, we go Gibbs. We then pair him with Calvin Ridley in the fourth round. And this is where we're really pushing Hero RB because we have, again, Gibbs at the 312. But you can get pretty weird here where we come to the next turn, 5 6 turn, and wide receiver feels really flat here. I'm usually taking a wide receiver here, but it's usually like. Uh, I mean, like the 512, you can sometimes get like an IU, a Christian Kirk. You can even sometimes get like a Drake London uh, to fall to you or a Deontay Johnson. But all those guys are gone. I'm not taking Mike Evans. I'm not taking Pickens there. So what we do instead is now it's time to veer away from wide receiver. We go George Kittle, we get an elite tight end, and then we take our second running back early. So we kind of offset, you know, it, if you wait until round three on that hero RB, you can maybe take that RB2 ahead of the seventh round here we take him at the 601 jk dobbins and amir gibbs to me are two guys where gibbs if he's available anywhere in the fourth round he's an instant draft for me i'm at 312 you could call him fourth round with calvin ridley at 312 i don't really care and then jk dobbins same thing if i'm anywhere in the sixth round and jk dobbins is there after getting activated off pup i want him so now we have a really fun team where we have three wide receivers we have two running backs we have george kittle and now it's pretty much time to hammer out everything else where. Round seven comes around. We go Jordan Addison, a fun rookie upside pick. We go Elijah Moore. So we can start Diggs, Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, Elijah Moore, week one, Jordan Addison, upside pick off the bench. And I have been loving this Elijah Moore pick in like the the early eighth. because you can sometimes get Deshaun to fall back to you. So we naturally get that Deshaun Watson stack there. And then it's time to hammer out running backs. We go Charbonnet, we go Elijah Mitchell, we go Tank Bigsby. And I want to say too, usually I just talked about, I like having wide receivers through the flex plus two. Here we don't. Through 10 rounds, we had wide receivers through the flex at Addison, plus one in Elijah Moore. And when that happens, and I feel a little bit thin at wide receiver, go out there, especially in home leagues, and just cheese pretty much what I'm calling next year is Christian Watson or Amon Ross St. Brown. I think it will come from this group. Grab whoever you can among Jonathan Mingo, Rashi Rice, Marvin Mims, Jalen Reed, and Jalen Hyatt. I think those five wide receivers, rookie wide receivers, have a lot of upside. And if you feel like you missed out on wide receiver early, I don't think you make up that ground by taking your, like, Tyler Boyds and Zay Jones and Michael Gallops. I think you shoot for maximum upside on those rookies. I like Jamison Williams as well. So those are the kind of profiles I'm looking at, especially in home leagues. Mingo, Rice, Mims, they're going to go super, super late. So make sure that if you feel weak at wide receiver – you star those guys late in your draft. Now, here we end up with a really fun team where we don't even feel all that weak at RB2. We're sort of uh, we're weak at QB, sort of, but it's not even like we're streaming. We went to Sean. We went Gibbs, Dobbins, Diggs, Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, George Kittle. And then we have, I would put Elijah Moore week one in the flex, but Jordan Addison's also an option there. Rashi Rice, Mingo. We have Charbonnet, Elijah Mitchell, Tank Bigsby. This is an ultra, ultra balanced team that is built optimally. We're not taking too many dead zone so- shots here. We're taking just one in Dobbins and it feels really nice like this is a team i would feel really confident in in one of my high stakes leagues that's full ppr now that's going to do it for us today again if you have a home league coming up and you want to dominate i have my top 200 cheat sheet available on the patreon patreon.com slash ron stewart i actually just updated it to reflect the changes after the dalvin cook signing the zika elliott signing so it's all up to date it's all ready to rock so you can go out there beat your friends win your home league it's the top 200 rankings that I'm bringing into every single one of my high stakes leagues. It's the rankings I'm bringing with me into my drafts as well. So if you want to go out there, draft similar to me, where I have it set up in a way where like, yes, it's player A versus player B, but it's also pushing running backs up into those top three rounds. It's making sure that you're prioritizing wide receiver, quarterback, uh, and tight end in those dead zones from rounds four through six, and then things switch. Once you get to that green zone around seven, I'm pushing up those running back profiles, making sure that we're drafting your Antonio Gibsons, your Kolo Herberts, your uh DeAndre Swifts your Javante Williams your those guys in that seven round area that you want to make sure you're targeting I'm pushing them up over those wide receiver profiles like your Sky Moors, Kadarius Tonys, uh again Juju Smith-Schuster, Jacoby Myers that's where you want to be hammering wide receivers and my rankings kind of sets you up where if you just draft straight off of them you will pretty much end up at one of these three draft strategies now we'll do a video next week where I kind of go over again here RB be in my eyes is the best draft strategy but I'm not saying to go out there and force it in every single league do not do that stay water take what the board gives you and we're going to kind of go over next week how I take what the board gives me and then I kind of mold the draft into one of these three draft strategies maybe modify things a little bit but still keeping those core principles so as always If you enjoy, make sure you're down below, subscribe, leave a like, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. The link is in the description. As always, you can also get my weekly waiver wire rankings there with fab recommendations for bids, rest of season rankings, my weekly starts, uh, my weekly rankings, and you also get my start sit exclusive streams on Sundays All on the Patreon. It's a great deal. Make sure you check it out. As always, I love you guys and I will see y'all in the next one. this falls ice cold wait, oh oh i saw my body like-